What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere. Visit highland.com. The top running back in the nation will be visiting two HBCUs. Jermaine Watson will be coaching in the East-West Shrine game, and Southern University is holding the first-ever sports agent boot camp. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On HBCU, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, I am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. Thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day, and we have a jam-packed episode with a topic that I'm actually very, very excited for. I'm really excited for all of my topics, but this one is particularly special and that's because we have one of the top running backs in the nation and man look at me misspeaking not just one of the top running backs in the nation we have the best in the nation we got Richard Young the number one running back in 2023's high school recruiting class and he is visiting two HBCUs and not just any two HBCUs you have one of the most prestigious HBCUs in FAMU and one of the hottest ones right now in Jackson State so we're going to use some of his own quotes to follow just why he's looking into HBCUs, and we're looking into why he chose those two particular HBCUs. And when he's taking two visits, I think that sometimes one visit might seem like a throwaway. Two visit is definitely serious. Like, okay, he's going to FAMU and he's going to Jackson State. We can't write this off as he's just going for the environment, right? Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, he went to Florida A&M, and he had a great time, and he ended up choosing Oregon. And it's not just saying that when you have a great time at a at a campus that you have to pick there, and it's not saying that you can only have a great time at HBCU. So I know that there has been multiple recruits who have went to a, a college, maybe didn't think they were going to enjoy it as much, and, and absolutely loved it. But they still ended up choosing otherwise, right? But just the, the, the sheer thought of taking two visits – that tells me that HBCUs are seriously on his mind. And honestly, I think thinking one one visit could be a throwaway or be neglected is kind of reckless, especially with, with Travis Hunter, right? That should have proven to you that these visits aren't just throwaways. Like, these need to be paid attention to because you never know when that thing you thought was a throwaway ends up being where he really lands. And I didn't want to bring up Travis Hunter. I was almost I didn't want to, but I was kind of hesitant. So let me be let me be honest with you guys, right? I understand that Hunter is going to Jackson State, and that's like a big story. It's a really big deal. Like, I don't want to knock it at all. But I didn't want to make it seem like I was insinuating every recruit that goes to an HBCU is because of Hunter or, or that you guys, the listeners, might think that everything just has to tie back to Hunter or I'm just trying to tie everything back to Hunter without being like a lazy journalist or anything. 
I didn't want to run into that at all. So I was kind of hesitant. But I had to for, for two reasons. One, this is a top recruit, right? 16th ranked recruit in the nation, number one running back in the nation. I don't think I need to quantify how, how good and how big of a deal this is after that, right? No need to bring, bring in stats to it. So when you're a, a caliber of recruit that he is, yeah, that's going to that's gonna immediately call back to Travis Hunter, right? Talking about going to HBCUs. And then the second thing is Young, Richard Young, mentioned Hunter himself. So I didn't really have to do it because I didn't. I, I really didn't want to make it seem like he's the reason, the only reason people are coming to HBCUs because there's a reason that he came to an HBCU, right? So I didn't want to do that. But when Hunter is mentioned by Young, I mean, it's right there and it's, it's right there in your face and you can't ignore it. But, you know, that was just a little thing that I was thinking, like, dang, I don't want them to think I'm just, everything got to be Hunter, guys. But let's, let's move forward, right? And let's continue with the quotes and just following the storyline. So this is something that Richard Young said. He said he is building, this is what he said in relation to Hunter, right? So let's just give a little bit of context. So Hunter is building his own legacy wherever he goes. I'm not even going to lie. I thought he was going to go, I thought he was going to stay with FSU. But when he saw he could be coached by one of the best corners ever, he did it. That shocked me, and I told myself that I need to keep my options. Boom. That's the end of the quote. And on one hand, this directly reflects the hope that a lot of people had around Travis Hunter's decision. Is that some other top recruit would say, I can go to an HBCU too. And I think it's cool because this is the first tangible result that we've actually seen from that moment. We've, we've prospected or, you know, hypothesized that, oh, this guy will go or maybe a top recruit later on will go. And, but, no, we finally see somebody. And, and here's the thing. Usually we would have to see the guy go to an HBCU. But we had a, a top recruit directly say, this decision made me say, you know what, I have to keep my options. So I, I think that's really great. Um, you look at two of, it, two of his HBCUs, right, FAMU, Jackson State. They had been at offered him. He probably wouldn't even have gave him a second thought for real, for real, had it not been for Hunter. So I think that's great that you're seeing it. And it's the personal ties that are bringing him to these schools. And I think it's important to hear his comments on his reasoning for each because he gave a little bit of why he's going to Jackson State, why he's going to FAMU. And we're going to start off with FAMU. And this was his quote. People don't really know this, but me and head coach Willie Simmons have been building a relationship for a while now. I have been texting him back and forth and talking to him on the phone. I haven't really told anyone this before, but I'm definitely going to visit Florida A&M. That's the end of the quote, right? So you see that personal connection that he's formed with Coach Simmons. And I think that's one of the greatest things that HBCUs have to offer anyone, not just athletes. And that's the, just the personal connection, the feeling like family. So when I'm talking about going to FAMU, or when he's talking about going to FAMU, excuse me, it's all about that relationship. It's, it's not even so much on the field. They're doing this, that, and the third. It's not, well, they just went to the FCS playoffs. And that could have been later on in the interview, right? Because I'm getting these quotes from a website. And these are, these are just the snippets that he's giving out. But in that quote, at least, you hear all about the personal connection and the feelings he has towards the head coach. It's not even about what that school has accomplished. So that, that's what I think it is. And another personal connection is also a reason that he played a part or played a part in his interest in Jackson State. I think it goes both ways for this one. And I know you probably, he can't, he can't be from both. You know, like where he's from can't play a part in both. But just listen. 
So this is his quote on why he chose Jackson State. And this was on uh, Twitter. I got my first HBCU offer over a year ago from Jackson State University. Me and Coach Prime are from the same hometown, Fort Myers, Florida. You better believe I will be visiting Jackson State. Count on it. And you see that Florida connection to FAMU, right? And I think that same connection kind of gets a little bit of prime. And I don't know how much that plays a part, but he did mention that Fort Myers, Florida connection. So that tells me Florida is already dear to him, right? Boom, triggers. You're probably thinking heavy Florida when you talk about Florida A&M. That's probably the reason why it's only Florida A&M and Jackson State, the head coach from, from Fort Myers, right? Now, Jackson State's hot. FAMU's hot. Let's be very clear. They are talented teams. So I know I'm saying that it's these personal connections, and it is. It is. You get that first offer, you get a personal connection. But these teams are good. He didn't go pick just – I don't want to take no shots, but I'm, I'm going to say this. He didn't just go pick Bethune-Cookman because he's from Florida, right? He didn't do that because FAMU is the better team in Florida right now. So I think that that played a part. So I don't want to make it seem like, oh, these guys are scrubs, and he just he's doing charity. Not that at all. Um, he is realizing that there's an opportunity to play here. And we see the idea of Hunter saying, I can go to an HBCU, I can do it too. We see the idea of a head coach saying, uh, we like each other, We're, we have a good relationship. Or being from Florida and having the head coach of Jackson State being from Florida. Or Jackson State being his first HBCU offer. And to me, all of those things come off as Young being a very sentimental guy. And that is one of the things that is powering his decision to at least look deeper into HBCUs. And as time goes on, he's not, a, he not, a, uh, he's not up till 2023, so he still has a year. And as time goes on, we'll see if that is eventually where he chooses to play for the Tigers or the Rattlers. But going forward, we will be talking about Tremaine Watson, who will be coaching in the East-West Shrine game. And I think this is a really big deal and a huge deal for the representation of HBCUs. But guys, it's New Year's. It's the New Year's time, right? And my New Year's resolution is I'm going to get every single one of y'all to try a Built Bar. But if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you're including Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better. But Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good you want to eat it. And it's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, I got to eat, I got to eat, I got to eat. No, you're going to enjoy this even on week four, five, six. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and they include 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any candy bar that you want. It's going to give you like 30 grams of sugar. But here's an idea for the new year. Throw away all your secret stashes and replace them with Built Bar. So if you need a, a treat, Go ahead and get that as healthy so you don't have to worry about, oh, I'm eating healthy. You're eating good. Okay, that's the point. And even if you're not a fan of working out, you're still getting something tasty. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your offer. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your offer on built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All 
All right, family, we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And make sure you're checking out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview. 2021 Global Experts Betting Advice and Draft Analysis, the most comprehensive college football playoff preview. It's this Friday, so go ahead and make sure that you guys are checking this out right now. And Tremaine Watson is coaching in the East-West Shrine game. He's a Virginia State assistant head coach. And honestly, I thought this if this was going to happen. I thought this would be a head coach first. I thought it would be a head coach first. Now, don't get it wrong. An assistant head coach is still a very high-ranking position. That's basically like your right-hand man. If anything were to happen to the assistant or to the head coach, the assistant head coach likely, it's not definitely, but likely, will take over for his duties, right? But I thought it, that's just what I thought it had been. I thought you would have take, taken the top guy from the program. And Watson was able to get this opportunity because of the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship. And that was how he was able to get in with the East-West Shrine game. And sometimes you need a little motivated push. It's necessary. But truthfully, sometimes it, it irks me. It's just like, why do you need this to, to make this happen, right? But I understand that there's a relationship-based system in place. And a lot of times those relationships don't extend to certain people. And HBCUs are definitely in that certain people group, right? So I get it. And you need that motivation, motivational push. And that's why I appreciate the diversity fellowship. Same way I, I appreciate the Rooney rule, even though I hate that it has to exist. And especially because I hate like I feel like it doesn't really work as much with the with the Rooney rule. But this obviously worked. Right. And let's not get into the, the negative side of things. But this obviously worked. And what does it mean? What does Watson being in this game mean? It means representation. And that's the big thing here representation for HBCUs on a larger scale. How many times do I have to sit here and, and just beat down the point of not being able to be ignored? As long as HBCUs are in the bubble of other HBCUs, you can continue to be ignored. It's that, it's that easy for me. And everything, a lot of things come back. There's a, a couple of big-time issues with HBCU uh, athletics as far as just how they're perceived and how they're handled by people outside of just the HBCUs and those things kind of all weave into one and the exposure is a huge thing whether that's players whether that's you know scouts whether that's recruits whether that's teams period it's just it's just a lack of exposure but let's talk about these coaches because this feeds right into it this this right here is the representation of HBCUs and not in the sense of players. Often we talk about these players who are, oh, well, let's see this player on this bigger scale or let's put this player on TV, right? But that goes for coaches too. And I don't want to focus on them. I don't want to focus on them. But coaches are not the problem in HBCUs. The stigma of coaches is the problem in HBCUs. It's not really the people who are there because let's be clear. I'm not trying to insinuate that HBCUs have a 100% track record of success no matter what. No. But here's the thing. Coaches crash and burn everywhere. They succeed everywhere. I don't care if you're talking about the SEC or the CIAA. You're going to have teams that aren't that good. You're going to have teams that are good. It's going to happen. And I think that HBCUs are held to a certain standard as if well, we view you as down here, so everything you do has to be up there. It's a very unfair standard, but when you put it in context, yes, some coaches are not going to succeed. 
But I don't care if you're in the Big 12. That's just how it happens. So let's not hold that against them. So now that we have established a basis of evaluating coaches on a fair scale, now let's have the conversation of coaches and HBCUs in general. And I went on Locked On Seminoles with Max Moody, and we had this conversation. It was something on there, and I just want to put this out here. You know, that's family. You know, that's the Locked On Podcast Network. That's family. And the conversation that we had was one of understanding, one of trying to grasp the other side, right? And just looking deeper into the appeal of HBCUs. And we were talking about Travis Hunter. And he made a comment of basically like, Travis Hunter is likely going to go to the league. That's, that's, the, that's the seemingly destined route for him is that he's so good, he's going to go to the league. And he said, basically, he's going to go to the league regardless. This is probably good. And, you know, he's just talking about the success of bringing more people there. And I, and I was like, mm, let's, let's slow down because I felt like that need, there was one distinction that needs to be made when saying that. I didn't like it because I think it kind of insinuated. By the way, insinuate is the word of the day. It was one I was talking about last episode yesterday when I was like, man, it's so easy. I could I'd use this on a daily basis, right? So I'm just going to keep throwing insinuate out there. But that's the word of the day. Um, but it insinuates that HBCUs can't develop talent. I didn't like that. Wasn't a fan, right? And, and he understood. Like, it wasn't one of the things where it was like, they can't do it. And it, was like, it wasn't one of those things, right, where you're just talking to a brick wall and he just keeps saying they can't do it. And I keep saying they can, right? It was just one of a distinction, right? So I think that coming to an East-West Shrine game, to bring it all full circle, having HBCU coaches in one of the most prestigious pre-draft bowls, it gives validity to the coaches. And not validity in the sense of establishing confidence within themselves, but more so validity amongst the people who are looking at them as I can go. If you are trusted to be in this, this draft bowl where you have to coach up draft prospects, and he's an offensive line guy. So let's say the East offensive line does well. That will be a really big boost for Virginia State. Because you're looking at your coach coming there, your assistant head coach, and he's there, and he's, he's, he's trusted to be handling guys going into the draft. I would then think that people would say, I can trust you to handle my kid and try to get him prepared for the draft. Because clearly they trust you enough to have you on these guys who are already destined there. So I think that's, that's really what it is. It's going to be more so the view of others in establishing validity amongst them and you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like this podcast, right? You know, um, I kind of felt like, okay, you out here doing this podcast, doing this podcast, doing this podcast. Cause I'm podcasting before this, right? And then a, a podcast network comes around and says, "Well, we want to, we have some interest in you. Let's let's see if we can work this out. We work something out." You know, I'm like, yeah, I got interest for sure. You know, and now it's like kind of like a, 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 a level of validity to you. I've been doing this for a while, but now somebody with a backing has put their, their name behind me and say, this guy is somebody who's good. So that's the validity of it. That didn't establish confidence within myself, but I do feel like in the, within the podcast field, it's a situation where, oh, this is not just a guy talking into a mic. This is a guy who's talking into a mic for this podcast network. So I think that's a pretty good analogy right there. And if you know what you're doing when you're coaching, we can come play for you. It's really that simple just to bring it all the way home. I don't want to end off talking about my personal experience, but I do think that was a good analogy. Tremaine Watson goes out there and he shows, you know what you're doing. You can coach these guys. Now players will say, well, we can go coach or we can go play for Virginia State, especially on the offensive line. I think it's that simple. And I think there are too many people in the world who think that there isn't good coaching on these levels. And I just hope that Tremaine Watson being a part of the team really kind of makes that die off. That's what I'm truthfully looking for. 
But as we continue to close out today's episode, we're going to be talking about Southern University and their sports agent boot camp. This was a crazy story that I've seen. And I'm mad that it took me a minute to find it because it's really a cool story. And it's something that I wanted to highlight and talk about the people who are involved in it. But first, let's talk about Bet Online because they have you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, lines than ever before. Football's going into the college bowl season, right? There's bowls every day. That's probably a bowl on while you're listening to this. And you have the pro football playoffs coming up in a minute. Oh, it's a jam-packed. It's a beautiful time for a football lover like myself. I'm so excited. But Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Go to the website. Or you can go to the mobile device, or to your mobile device, excuse me, and sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50%? I'm loving it. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your bonus. Collegiate and professional sports, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, UFC, favorite Vegas casino games, whatever it is, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, families, we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day, man. I really do appreciate that. Southern University's law program is holding their first ever sports agent boot camp in This is really dope, not because it's the first of their kind for them, but because it's the first of their kind, period. Southern is the first one to put on a sports Asian boot camp, especially for black people. Oh, man, this is great and it's impactful. I don't think that I can even do it as much justice because that isn't my realm, right? But I wanted to bring attention to it. So I want to tell you what it is. And then I want to use some of the quotes. This is really a great day. I love bringing in quotes and just letting them tell the story as well as we discuss them in and out. I just love telling stories and I love hearing those who are involved speak their side of it. But after I tell you what it is, I'm going to bring in some quotes from a couple of people who are really involved in this movement. So what is this sports agent boot camp? Like, what does it really entail? And that is a two-day boot camp with a boatload of workshops involved in it, all destined to get people ready, right? That's the point of it is, Let's make sure that you are better prepared and learn things that aren't in the textbook. And, and we'll get into that, really. That's actually one of the quotes that we talk about. So within those two days and within those workshops, you're going to have people from the Creative Artist Agency and you're going to have people from Vanguard Sports. And those are two of the bigger groups that will be there. And then you'll also have big topics such as recruiting and managing clients, representing the peak professional athlete, and maintaining integrity as an agent. And those are all important because a lot of people don't even know where to start. They'll get the textbook, they'll get the information, they'll, they'll get the certification and everything involved in becoming an agent. But now it's like, how do I make myself appealing to an athlete? Because a lot of people know what they're doing. You can find agents everywhere, right? And it's just one of those things where you have to make yourself appealing. And then also, what about when you get an athlete that started achieving a lot of success? How are you going to represent one of those guys who are at the top of the game? How are you going to represent a Patrick Mahomes? Those are the things that you're looking for. And in maintain, maintaining integrity as an agent, it's a game that, it's a, I, from what I know, from what I know, it seems to be a lot of back channel stuff and a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes and things that, you know, it's easy to lose your way within there and lose your integrity. So I think that's a, a great topic as well. So now let's get into some of the quotes because I've done my piece. I have done my piece in talking about what this is. Let's talk about these quotes. And this one comes from Jaya Thomas. 
the founder and chief executive officer of Diverse Representation. And here's her quote. You talk about the NBA, you talk about the NFL, but when you look at the people behind the scenes, the owners, agents, attorneys, they're still dominated by white men. So there's still a lot of work to be done when it comes to diversifying the space behind the scenes, not just on the court or on the field. End quote. And here's another one before I just tie it all in. I think for a long time, some people argued that there was a lack of exposure. Some athletes would argue they don't know any black agents or black attorneys. Now, I want to bring both of those in because I think they both kind of speak to the same thing. And more than half of the first rounders in the NFL draft this year had black agents. So that's a huge step forward. But she's not satisfied. She's not satisfied with that because there still isn't enough. And I think the idea that we don't know anybody who is black and is an attorney or black is an, and is an agent, I think that we have to kill that. Not kill the narrative, but just kill the thought. Because I don't think it's a narrative. Narrative often, you know, means like, uh, you just fake it. And when I use it like that, you fake it. But I don't think they fake it. I think they really don't know. And I think when people say that, if they're not lying, they're being truthful, a lot of times you feel more comfortable with somebody who you can relate with, you know, you, who you look closer to. And that's anybody and everybody. And I actually don't feel like there's any real problem with feeling just naturally closer with somebody who looks like somebody you've been around, right? That's, that's normal. You look, you look familiar, right? Um, and I think that's a relatively normal thing to feel. So I think when you're looking at it, I think there's definitely a space for black agents. With as many black athletes as it is, you look at the NBA, you look at the NFL, that's a predominantly black league. But when you have all these agents who have established prestige and have established years in the game, and I think that you just look at them being trusted. But you look at Clutch Sports in the NBA, man, Clutch Sports is getting a lot. And that's because he, he's out here building a brand, and I think that shows that there's a space for it. So I think that that can continue. Let's continue on with our uh, next next quote, though. And here are here's another quote from Miss Jaya herself. And it's what are some good tips as terms of studying and passing the agent exam? How do you get clients? How do you market yourself? What do player apartments or I mean, excuse me, agreements look like? And what do endorsements and brand deals look like? We're really going to work them or walk them through every single step to become an agent. That's exactly what people need. Forget all of the stuff that you learn in school. Not forget it, but you know, like that's not everything. It's a reason that we have internships. So I think asking questions from somebody who's been in it. Yeah. What is your way? Because here's the thing. I'm going to specifically focus on getting clients. There's multiple ways to get clients, right? Everybody's going to have their own different style. And I like to do this. I like to do that. This is what we do. And that's okay because now I have more styles to choose from. And if you want to look at what do endorsement and brand deals look like, these are things that when presented right in front of your face, you won't be shocked now when they come later. Once you achieve the success of reaching that status, it won't be a, a thing where you kind of like a deer in headlights and you're stuck and you don't know what is going on. You've seen it before. You have a better understanding as opposed to somebody who's just been face down in the textbook. But as I'm in shooting textbooks now, let's go ahead and get us one more quote about textbooks. And this one comes from Jasmine Hunter director of external affairs at the Southern University Law Center. And teaching from a textbook is nice, but being able to hear from someone who has experience, from someone that's in the trenches, that's doing the duties day to day is very important because you want to know what I can look forward to. What are the different tools that I need to make sure that I have that I have in my arsenal so that once I graduate and once I get into that legal field and into spaces that I know I can thrive.
That's exact. That's exactly what I'm trying to say when I talk about textbook versus real life. There's a reason that we have internships because everything you need to learn within your field, whatever field that is, can't be learned in a textbook. There's only so much that that book can tell you. There's only so much that that book can tell you about the legal side of things. And a lot of times it'll tell you how to deal with people. I'm sure that those agents have had multiple personalities because you're dealing with a lot of personalities as an agent. The book's not going to tell you that. The book's not going to tell you, well, I've had a client, a client that was really rowdy, so I had to do these things to make sure that his rowdiness did not get in his way. It's not going to have this guy who, hey, this guy had a real big family base and he had a, a supreme tie to his family, so we decided to go this route with his. It's not going to tell you those things in a textbook, but people who have had real life experiences, have real life been through it and been through the things that you're trying to get to, those are the people that teach you better than anybody. So I don't want to seem like I'm just killing textbooks because there's a reason we go to school, but there's a reason trade schools exist as well, right? Where you just about, this is how you do it. Let's get it done. Let's get you into the field. So looking at this boot camp, I think it's phenomenal because it's teaching you all the secrets of the game that people aren't going to get through a textbook. And if you didn't go to this boot camp, you're going to be missing information, right? So it makes it special. But then it also gives you the base information because you do need the base information before you start getting all these secrets and being able to use it. If you don't understand the simple basics of recruiting and managing clients, then all the different styles of recruiting and managing clients, it's not going to be as beneficial to you. So I think that this is truly a great thing. And just the whole thought of trying to build up diversity. I, I love it. And I can't wait. It happens in February. So those who are listening and want to do this, registration is up. Just got to look it up. And I think registration is only $35 until January 16th. And then it goes up to 75. So go ahead and make sure that you're getting in. That's January 16th. That's still like half a month away. So you guys have time. Um, Southern University Sports Agent Bootcamp. Just Google that and you should find it. But thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day. Every day on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be celebrating going into the New Year's. And we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions and going over a couple of my favorite topics through what's only been a month, but throughout the 2021 year, some of my favorite uh, segments that we have done on this show. So that's really the gist of tomorrow's episode. Just celebrating going into the new year and celebrating what we have achieved together in 2021. So for your second listen of the day, make Locked On Bets your second listen, right? Bet's your one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. It's free and available on all platforms. It's free and it's making you some money. Can't beat that. Go listen to your boy Q and get that analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's everything that you need to add a couple more dollars into your pocket going into the new year. And I know you're going to love that. And in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on that blue app. Yes, the bird. Yes, Twitter. At South Exclusives. And until the next time we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.